voice message system. Roki and the mummy is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. You don't have to give us a call back. It's time for all the day. It's another good episode to the start of your week because somebody likes to play fucking ditch around the door. Oh, you're trying to blame it on me now? Technically, I called you a few times in the last four or five days and you didn't answer either. And uh, yeah, well, you're nursing a three day hangover, you said. Uh, It's how long has it been? Fucking. Two, three days, something like that. I don't know. I you just don't mix Jack Daniels with fucking uh what's that shit called again? I Did you say you were drinking gin or something? Drink. No, we mixed it with vodka. And then after that, these motherfuckers wanted uh I don't know, they threw like they threw down like a little mixer and I got sick to my stomach. But no, uh no, you can't hang with the brothers. No, I can hang out with the brother. It wasn't I wasn't drinking with the brother. I was drinking with someone else, but uh anyways, I uh saying, oh like you now, that's just contagious motherfucker. <laughs> uh-huh. Now that son Start... of a bitch can get on your ass now. Well <laughs> <laughs> I started yeah, I started throwing up the next day and shit, and I still haven't recovered. Like my stomach feels like you know, after you hurl for like fucking three days straight, like Starts feel like a knife in the gut. No, we got we got some unfinished business from last week to talk about here, motherfucker. Don't think I forgot. This guy was in the middle of telling us a story about how he was uh, going through Stockholm syndrome in Stockton, California. <laughs> well, no, we didn't even get to the Stockton part yet. We were at the uh, part of the story where she gave me some three page letter trying to get me back. Remember that. So uh, for those of you just tuning in, give you a short little recap. So I dated this uh, this girl. And we mean short, motherfucker. We don't want to get inebriated again. So keep it fucking short. Let's not use big words. Uh, Oh, Roki loves that word. I want to, real quick, before we start this up, I want to make a quick PSA out there to everyone listening. I've been getting a lot of flack lately from these motherfuckers on social media about (laughs) We read the transcripts, Roke, and every time you're on the mic, the word "fuck" is used multiple times. I got three. I got three words to say to you right now. Go fuck yourselves. There's actually people. Story. Wait, there's people getting on your dick about how much you say "fuck." Yeah, you, you're fucking. You're not fucking tuning in on Facebook anymore, motherfucker. I am. Oh, they can fucking suck a dick, man. People actually read the transcripts. That's insane. You can read the oh. transcripts on YouTube, yes. All right. Well, anyway, so I dated this uh, girl when I was like 17, 18. I got uh, a plethora of more fucks coming on this episode. Just FYI. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Roki's got a whole bag of fucks, and he doesn't give a fuck. Uh, so, yeah, we dated for like, you know, a year or something like that off and on. And yeah, she uh, made an ass out of herself at a extended family's uh, New Year's Eve party and got in it with uh, one of my family members. Uh, I tried to kick her to the bricks and uh, yeah, she wrote me this letter trying to get me back. 
So now you guys are caught up. And yeah, here we go. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, Do don't you forget rem- your. Uh, you didn't tell them that. Well, they heard the last episode about how your your car was vandalized by a couple fucking <laughs> followers of this lady, and they were in well, it to was, win it at that point. That was technically after what I'm about to say. I think because she wrote me this three page letter. I don't even remember what what was said in it, but you know, it was just some crap about trying to get me back. And I thought oh, you said you cared about you me. Said- you yeah. cared about me so much. Oh my god. <laughs> if you cared about us, then you wouldn't let this happen. So, blah, blah, blah. Wait, you actually got the real letter we're about to read it on the air? Are, are you sure you still no. have that letter? No, okay. I don't have that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no, that'd be crazy. You know I don't keep shit that long, man. I if I don't use it or need it, I toss that shit. So, yeah, uh, my family at the time that she got in an altercation with at this New Year's Eve party, they were friends with uh, an extended family member of theirs that they had, like, a a girl in mind to hook me up with. And I had kind of been flirting with this girl on and off for a few years now. I had seen her every year at the uh, fucking New Year's Eve parties. Roki, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I'm not gonna say shit because I think that person's still a fan. I think they're <laughs> following this show, but if you're out there, girl, and you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, she was uh, she, she lived like an hour away, and I wasn't. I just started driving, so I had like no cash for money and stuff. So I don't know what made me think about getting with this girl, but uh, the way the stripper made an ass out of herself at this party, I just thought, well, fuck it. A door closes and a window opens. I'll just hop to the next next girl and oh how lovely of you <laughs> well the other one i knew she you know wanted to get with whatever date me whatever really bad so that's always nice to hear when you're wanted and shit so yeah so, so, I, so, you, so you walked over to the next room and we're singing that one song hey <laughs> that's right so uh yeah I I heard from a family member that was friends with this girl they wanted to hook me up with that she was saying, Oh my god, is he really gonna go back with his with his girlfriend that you know made an ass out of herself? Or so I don't know. I just knew that she really didn't want me to go back and she wanted to get with me. So I'm like, okay, the, the other one seems like a fucking bag of cats in a meth lab, like she's crazy. So I'm gonna go for the other one. And that's what I did. And the night I was over there, kind of, you know, setting things up with, I'll, I'll call her the Greek girl. Uh, yeah, I get the stripper we're, calling we're, me we're up. We're not on the show, by the way. <laughs> I just give nicknames because, you know, we don't say names on the show. But, yeah. So I'm sitting there talking with the Greek girl at uh, this extended family's uh, house. And, yeah, the stripper calls me up and says, oh, my friend and I are, are driving by where you're at. I just have this letter to give you. I'm like, okay. Yeah, she fucking wrote that letter that fast? I think it was, yeah, a day or two later. What the fuck, man? Like, hey, she just she just went home and, like, got in the lab like a rapper does and started writing all these lyrics and shit or what? I guess she, she felt forced to uh, put her thoughts on, on fucking paper because, <laughs> you know, she, I wasn't answering her phone calls, and you already said in the last episode that she, she started calling you up trying to get a hold of me and you weren't having that either, so she had to get her emotions out somehow, I guess. So, yeah. Oh, she's going to throw you down on paper. 
her and that friend that you didn't really date, but you what kissed, made out with a couple times. Yeah, her and her friend I showed I, up. I did, I did a little bit more, but I was kind of turned off at that point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I'm not going to talk about sex capades with me on this episode. I feel like we've done that enough times already. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, her and this friend that you did more with uh, showed up. They gave me the letter, and the stripper goes, can you just come in the car for a minute, and we'll just go for a drive? They want to beat your candy ass down now. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's fine. So I get in the car, and we drive around, and she tries talking with me. And, you know, I'm still – I'm just checked out. I'm just not having it, so – I, get, I said, yeah, I'll read your letter. I'll think about things, even though I pretty much already made my mind up. And they dropped yeah, me back you, you off. Had some, you had some fucking balls on you, too, man. Like, you got in that fucking car. You never knew. There could have been, like, some motherfucker in the backseat with the rope ready to choke you out or some shit. You know what I mean? Put a knife well, through your fucking back. Well, I technically was in the backseat. I was in the backseat with the stripper and her friend that you knew was driving, and there was no one else in the car. But, yeah, they could have taken me to some fucking field 20 minutes away and 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 all of her little simp companion fucking lovers would have been uh sitting there with a baseball bat ready to break my fucking kneecaps <laughs> they got a joe pesci to you in fucking casino or what you can take my money motherfucker yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i go back in the house i had the letter i read it real quick and i'm just not having it so uh, yeah, I ended up leaving her, and I dated the Greek girl for, I don't know, six months or so. It was long distance, so that didn't work out either. So that's all the backstory to get you to the real story that I wanted to say. So years later, you start making that mistake of looking back and wondering what if. And, you know, I found this the stripper on social media years later, and this is when she became a stripper. Uh, she wasn't when I was dating her the first time. And so, yeah, I've seen all of her stripper pictures and I'm like, man, she's actually looking really good. Like maybe I should try to, you know, give another go on this. But she had everything locked down on social media on Facebook back when I had one back in the day that I couldn't. It was one of those things where you go to her profile and it didn't say uh, friend request. It only said message. And I think I tried to send her a message and she didn't even read it. And uh, so, yeah, I just let things go. Skip to uh, six years ago when I was living in uh, SoCal. I just got a fucking wild hair up my ass, man. And I said, you know what? This is kind of creepy, kind of weird, but I'm going to message her mom that I only met a few times like 15 years ago and try to get in touch with her. So that's what I did. And I messaged her mom on Facebook and I said, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah's friend. Uh, I haven't talked to her in years. I can't get a hold of her. Can you see if she would like to get in contact with me? And if she does, here's my number. What a sweet guy. (laughs) and so yeah sure enough uh the mom hooked it up and the stripper texted me so we got to talking and i said yeah i'm gonna be coming up there because remember roki you remember that shit when i was living in socal like i I fucking hate going to the dentist but uh, i do still every year but i've had the same dental hygienist since i was three years old and i refuse to go to any other dental hygienist as long as she's still working. So even when I was living six hours away, I was still driving my happy ass all the way up to the Bay area to get my teeth clean. So I would stay with this motherfucker every time I did it. And, uh, I told the stripper, I said, look, I'm going to be coming up to the Bay to get my teeth clean to see my cousin. So I can come see you. She was staying in Stockton at the time. 
And she goes, yeah, that'd be great. And uh, she had her own place and she wasn't stripping anymore. I think she was like a, like a doctor now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's, she's like a, a fucking, she's a fucking doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was a property manager, I think, for apartment complexes or something. So I'm like, okay, she kind of turned some things around, and yeah. So skip to the trip up there. Did I did I see you first, and then I saw her? Or did I see her first, and I saw you? No, to be to be honest, I don't fucking know. It could have been, an, I no no you. What happened was, you came here. And then, like, you were here for, like, a week, but you fucking disappeared. I was like, fuck did this guy go? Like, he just left this shit here. And, like, then he started fucking sending me all those crazy texts, like, a couple days later, like, I'm fucking kidnapped right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get the fuck out of here. I don't think I was there at your place for, like, a week. I think I was at your pad for two, maybe three days. Then I hopped over to her place. And, yeah, so... She goes, she tells me uh, when you get here, you have to park in my garage because my uh, condo complex has these weird rules against like other people's vehicles on the street here in the neighborhood. So I'm like, okay, sure, fine. I'm not thinking about anything going bad at this point. I'm just thinking, I think you're hot. I want to see where this goes and I want to try to get laid. That's all I was thinking. And, uh, so she pulls out her fucking Mercedes, convertible Mercedes or whatever, which I was surprised she had out of her garage. She's a, do- she's a doctor now. She could afford it, right? <laughs> Apparently. When you change your life around, become a doctor, kids, you can buy things like Mercedes and, you know, <laughs> nice fucking condominiums and Stockton, California. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, let me tell you, the condo was nice. Her condo neighborhood was nice. Everything else around it, oh, man, it was fucking hood. So, yeah, I wasn't against parking my truck in her garage, so I did that. And I'm thinking, like, okay, I don't want to have any preconceived notions of, you know, I don't want to make a move, like, assuming I'm going to sleep in her bed tonight. And I don't want to make a move, because this is the first time I've seen her in years. I'm not going to immediately just think that we're going to – you know, sleep with each other and I'm going to sleep in her bed. So I didn't make any preconceived notions. So I just kind of played it cool. And I was like, Oh, you know, where, where'd you like me to put my stuff? And she goes, Oh, you can put it in my room. I was like, okay. And so, yeah, she wanted me to sleep in her bed and I didn't want her to think I just came up there to get laid, which is, you know, a little bit why, but I really did want to see, which is, well, that's what you wanted. Right. (laughs) One of the things I wanted, yeah, I did. If she wasn't as psycho as she was back in the past, I would have considered dating her. But yeah, worst comes to worst, getting laid was just fine with me. So I, again, I'm sleeping in her bed and I didn't want to, you know, make a move right away. And she's like snuggling on me as, as a lot of women do and and just like laying her head on me and stuff. And I'm I'm starting to get hard and shit, so... I didn't want to uh, make her think that's all I came up there for. So I excused myself. I went in her uh, guest bathroom and I I took a shower. I just fucking beat it off in there. <laughs> oh, you were fucking snuck. You were fucking jerking the curtain, huh? Yeah. So I got that. I mean, she was getting me so, you know, I don't know, worked up, not even doing much that, yeah, man, I started getting that dull ache in my ball sack. So I had to go go bust a load in the goddamn shower. 
so yeah, she was getting me really worked up. So uh, I uh, try to be the nice guy and, uh, you know, play things cool. So busted that easy load out and had a good night's sleep with her. And the next night, a second night, I was like, I can't go through that again. It's on. So I told her, I said, look, you know, I shit. I tried to uh, do the nice thing and I jerked it last night. So I didn't want to uh, make you think anything, but yeah. And, you know, you're really doing it for me and this kind of shit. So, oh, he's yeah. jerking the curtain. <laughs> so then it was on and we just uh, started, uh, you know, screwing day and night for shit two or three days straight. And it was good times. It was fun. I loved it. But you know how they say a lot of women, they can't keep their psycho in for whatever it is, three days, three months or three years. Like, yeah, it took her about three days. Because, <laughs> oh. you know, she was nice opening up her home to me and stuff. And she had uh, in her guest bedroom, she had a stripper pole that I guess she still practiced on. So she gave me like a private show and gave me a lap dance. And so that was all great. It was all fun. But one of the things I, I, I'm just not uh, a, a smoker of cigarettes, number one, ever. And then two, uh, she was like really into smoking weed, which, yeah, it's fine. I do it once in a while, but she was like two or three times a day. And yeah, it was. Are you talking I mean, about the time? You're talking about the time you got fucking stoned in my house, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime smoking with the rookie is a good time you know i'm always down for that but she was like that annoying kind of person who smokes where they can't literally do anything in their day without smoking first if i just said oh there's a good movie on tv have you seen it she'd be like no let's watch it oh but let me go upstairs real quick and, and blaze real quick and i was like jesus christ and then she wanted one day to go to a lake or something, it was some man-made lake in Stockton, and rent a paddle boat. Oh, let me go get high before before we go. Like she couldn't do anything before getting high, so that was really. Fuck, I mean, some some people fucking have low fucking. Uh, what do you call that? Now I don't want to say self-esteem, but like, I know what you're talking about. They just got to get fucking high before they go and face the world. But almost before she did anything. Uh, but again, I mean, I don't want to completely trash this girl because. She uh, did some sweet things besides all the, you know, sexual stuff. She, like she showed you the back room with the private pole this time or what? <laughs> uh, it was, that's what it was. It was February because it was close to Valentine's day. So we went out and we bought like lobsters and steaks and all this fancy food. We came back home. I'm cooking the lobster and the steak and she's doing the sides, but she surprises me while I'm cooking this shit. She comes downstairs and just sexy ass lingerie and just high heels and just starts cooking shit. I'm like, holy shit. I've never had a woman do this for me. Like, this is pretty awesome. Well, you know what? When, when, see, when you're a doctor, you can eat at Benny Hanna's <laughs> like that, right? You can go to fucking P.F. Chang's like that, okay? <laughs> oh, she got her Ph.D. and uh, I can get in that dick hard, I'll tell you that. Got a Ph.D. in fucking polonomics? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we had a really nice dinner, a nice Valentine's Day, and plenty of nice sex. But, yeah, basically all the goodness ends there. So, I don't know. Should I should I say one thing that happened, Roki, that was uh, uh, a sexual act? You can say whatever the fuck you want. This is your show, too, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
just murder and treason fucking not allowed on here, but go ahead. Say whatever you want. Uh, so she has this big jacuzzi tub in her master bedroom. And I, I forget, I think it was my idea. I was like, Hey, let's just like take a bath together or whatever. So she's like, yeah, that sounds good. So she runs the water and she's wearing like this silk nightgown with like this matching robe and looking all hot. And I'm in the tub, butt ass naked. I pull her in on top of me while she's still wearing, you know, this silk ass robe and nightgown. It's getting all wet. She starts riding me in the tub and everything's going great and we start you know obviously having sex and uh so occasionally you know hey i'm not against giving a facial here or there i uh i've done it in the past it's kind of i kind of dig it if the chick's into it and i start doing her from behind standing up in this tub and i tell her like you know turn around and get on your knees when i tell you and uh she looks back and she shakes her head like yes and i'm like okay she's into it and so uh, she does it. I blow my load on her face and, you know, she immediately puts her face under the water of the, of the bath, like running bath water. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm thinking that was a great session. That was awesome. Like that was great. And the mood immediately switches and she looks at me and she goes, uh, I didn't ever want to do stuff like that until I was married and storms oh, off. God. I'm like, Oh, what? why why the i'm thinking like why the fuck would you have even said yes to it then if you didn't want to do it like that's why i i kind of told you what i wanted she, was, to, she wanted you to get on one knee and pull the the ring of doom out you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah and what does that tell you like if that doesn't sum up a lot of a lot of women in society buy me a ring and then you can bust your load on my face like yeah buy, buy me that fucking ring. you know what she would have paid for a good wedding fucking with that doctor money, but, you know, <laughs> that would have been on you at that point. What kind of theme you guys think you would have had? Oh, Jesus. I don't even fucking know. But <laughs> that, that, that one probably would have been, uh, I probably would have done the Roki special, and I, I would have done the Vegas eloping. <laughs> yeah, you could have got married in a drive-thru like I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One of the things I uh, forgot to mention at her place was, oh, my God, one of the bad things. So I don't know how many times Roki's encountered this or any of our listeners, but uh, any of the male listeners out there. But I've encountered it two or three times with two different two or three different women that whatever I've slept with, dated with, whatever, that they when they live on their own, they get, you know, obviously they, everyone gets lonely. But, you know, women, they have like that nurturing mentality. And if they don't have kids, what do they have? Fucking animals. And this stripper, she had five dogs. And <laughs> oh, I'll get to something else in a minute. But she had like a husky, a chihuahua, and a couple. What like, are you dating? Ace Ventura? <laughs> That's what it looked like. <laughs> I want to stand in the middle of her goddamn fucking apartment and do that. Oh. And have them all fucking yeah. come around me, but uh, yeah, the smell of this fucking place, man. Like, thankfully, it was two stories, and the whole house didn't reek. But the downstairs, holy shit, man! Just like shit and dog hair and just nastiness. And I was gonna say five dogs and a cat until I remembered something funny. So I walk in her house and I see this kitty litter box off to the side in her living room. 
and I swear there was still shit in this box. And oh, I go, fuck. I go, <laughs> I go, oh, so you have five dogs. Where's your cat? And she goes, oh, I don't have a cat anymore. I'm like, so I'm thinking like, you just keep the cat shit in this litter box. Like for what fucking aroma for the house? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, one of the other bedrooms had like those dog piss pads in it, just like littered on the ground. And it just had like dog shit on it and piss. And like it fucking reeked so bad. So that right there was enough to send me for the fucking hills. But uh, yeah, luckily her bedroom didn't smell bad. So uh, and yeah, every time we got in bed together at night, there was at least three of those smaller dogs would jump up on the bed and get in between us and try to snuggle and shit and sleep with us. So yeah, it was basically like sleeping in a fucking barn with a bunch of animals in your bed. So oh, that, that mommy loves sleeping with dogs. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh yeah. So I was with her for, I don't know, five, six days. And one of these days we go out to uh, Monterey and we take her Mercedes and we drive out there and we, I take her to a beach I like, and it was great. Fun times. We uh, got some seafood back before I knew I was allergic to it. I ate some shrimp and that was what it felt like where my my chest was tightening up and I was having trouble breathing. And she was, she was nice. You know, she goes, Oh, let's, let's go to a convenience store and get you some Tums or something or some Pepto. Like what's wrong? How can I help you? And this and that finally calms down. But as we're in the parking lot, her mom calls her and I don't know what her mom's saying. I fucking love this part of the story, by the way. <laughs> this is like the ice. This is like the moment you've all been waiting to fucking get to right here. Let me tell you, go ahead and fucking tell them what happens next. Now, keep in mind, I'd been there for four, maybe five days, and I hadn't seen this this woman in years. So her, her, I don't know what her mom's saying, but all she I hear her tell her mom is, I, I got to go, mom. I can't talk right now. I, I'm out in Monterey with my boyfriend. And <laughs> I just, I was like shocked. I'm, I'm thinking, man, like, what? I never made this official. Like, we never said we were, you know, an item. Like, what? Yes, you fucking did. You got her doctor ass naked before she was married. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. Like, no man's ever seen her undressed before but you. Yes, you fucking did. <laughs> so, I, I just, I let it go. I didn't, you know, but I'm already, like, the red flags are piling up between all the animals, the smell, the... You know, oh, you came on my face before we were married, and oh, you're my boyfriend now before we made things official. And the the last red flag I had was uh, I was telling her while we're naked in bed, just chatting of uh, how close I am with my family. <laughs> just chatting naked in bed. I fucking yeah. And uh, telling her how close I am with my family, and again, I see her mood kind of change. And I go, what's wrong? And she goes, uh, and she snaps again. She goes, you know, you, you're going to have to, like, let your family go eventually, right? And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, they're my family. Like, I'm never going to let them go. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And so, you know, at this point, I'm a little, I'm older, I'm wiser. So I'm not making a big issue out of things. I'm already planning my fucking escape at this point. But get uh, the fuck out of there. So I'm texting Roki, my my sister, uh, another ex-girlfriend I was friends with at the time. I'm texting all three of you. Like, I got to get the fuck out of here. She, you know, this bitch is, is fucking psycho. And uh, 
And I started freaking out because I remember like, oh, fuck, my truck's in her garage and her Mercedes is blocking my truck. How the fuck am I going to escape? <laughs> That's the best part. This motherfucker puts on his uh, Mission Impossible hat. And fucking... <laughs> yeah, I straight up channel my inner fucking Tom Cruise and I plan this shit out like Ocean's Eleven over here. So she she goes, I'm going to I'm going to take a long shower. And I'm like, oh, OK. And bang, fucking light bulb went off. I go, oh, here's my fucking chance. So she gets in the shower. I start frantically throwing my clothes on my fucking backpack. And uh, I, I run downstairs. I grab her keys off the counter. I back her Mercedes out of the driveway, flip open that garage door, back the truck out, put her Mercedes back in the garage. And then my truck's on the street now, ready to go. I got my luggage in there and I come back in the house. She still hasn't come out of the shower, so I timed it perfectly. But I'm not that big of a, of a dickhead to uh, leave without saying anything, which I probably should have. But uh, I waited until she got out of the shower. And I told her, hey, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, cut this trip a little short. I actually have to get back and down for something, which was bullshit. But uh, she goes, oh, okay. I thought you were going to stay a couple days longer. And, you know, long story short, we ended up getting in a argument. I can't even remember what it was about. Obviously me leaving early and yeah, she just sat on the couch and she was just like, you know, is this really how you want to leave things? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And I just left. <laughs> oh, you're a prick. You're a real prick. <laughs> and shit. I was oh, halfway. Shit. I was halfway home to SoCal and I get a text from her. You left like three of your shirts and a sweatshirt here. Uh, if you want them back, I have them. I just text her back, keep them. <laughs> oh, you left your shirts there. That was your invite back. I mean, I felt bad because she, you know, I, I don't know why I felt bad because she, who, I don't know. Like, I don't know if she really had an issue, like bipolar or not, but man, her mood could change on a fucking dime. But yeah, she texted me after that, like, oh, I, I really felt something for you and this or that. And I said, yeah, I felt something. I felt something for you. Go ahead. You had an overnight girlfriend there. You fucked that up. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, I felt something for you, too. It was nice, but sorry, it ain't going to work. Could have that magical wedding with all those doctor and lawyers showing up, you know? and All those lovely property managers. All the higher-ups and fucking Stockton up in there, yeah. So I don't know if you remember this part, Roki, but uh, the last thing I have to say about this this girl, years later... This is years after I was held captive in Stockton. Uh, I find her email in my contacts list on my email account. And I go, should I reopen this door or not? Like not to, you know, get back with her or see her again, but just some kind of conflict resolution, kind of try to make things nice. So I'm usually like just a fuck it guy. Let's just do it. So I sent her this quick message, you know, hey. I know it doesn't mean anything now. It was years ago, but, you know, sorry how things ended. I hope you're doing well. And she just texted or she emails me back. I mean, like within 10 minutes and says a short ass little message that says, you nutted on my face and made me feel like a whore. <laughs> that was it. That's real sweet. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah. So after that, I'm just like, no, nah, uh, I'm completely done. So, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. You sure? 
uh i sent you uh pictures of what she looks like now yeah i'm done <laughs> well, i think you want your rematch oh no 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 not unless i uh have a loaded gun uh, a lock picking uh equipment to get me the fuck out of my next abduction you don't want your fu- you don't want your instant fucking rematch so yeah, i mean the moral of this long ass story I have to say, oh, my God, dude. Anybody out there who is either single or just got out of a long-term relationship and they're thinking, oh, I wonder what my exes are up to. Maybe I should go through some of them. Yeah. No. Hey, true that. <laughs> true that. Stay the fuck away. This is the bottom line. Stay the fuck away as far as you can. And don't ever look back. Hey, fucking man, man. The past is the past. Let it die there. I, I went through shit two or three of my exes after that six and a half year relationship, and everyone was a mistake. They deserve to be in the past. So, well, yeah. The thing is, you know, I feel like because I've done that shit before. I feel like when you fucking <clears throat> reconnect to someone, like after a fucking you know a four or five year disappearance or whatever, it's like time has passed. You're in a different place. They're in a different place. You just fucking hate that person more now. <laughs> you know it's fucking true, motherfucker. No fucking- I, th- I think my issue, I've learned to, you know, not answer the temptation of it anymore with, with exes, but... I can be a very nostalgic guy. Like, you know, I love classic cars and it, it harkens back to a time of the past. Like I love a lot of old things and it's fun. It's fun to look back and remember the good times, but my dipshit ass back in the day, conveniently never remember the bad times. So if an ex hit me up on social media or I tried to contact them and they responded then it was just kind of like, oh, let's see where this goes. I remember this X, Y, and Z that this happened in the past. That was really fun. And and then, yeah, you get in person and then you remember, oh, yeah, this is why this didn't work. <laughs> so, yeah. Say, no, fuck just, away. Uh, uh, no, it's, it's, I was just talking to a buddy of mine about this shit. Uh, it was like, you know, it's weird that you just said that because when you reach a point in life where it's like you're not like nothing is like nothing's fucking new anymore, you know, like obviously we know that. Like you ever do that where like you look at houses now and you're like, oh, this neighborhood, everything looks the fucking same around here, you know? Oh, it's terrible. I've actually, you know, I'm trying to move out your way uh, in in Modesto, and there was actually a very expensive neighborhood out there. I checked out some houses, and it was exactly what you what you just described. Every house was painted this like light tan color, and everything looked the same. It looked like like a fucking prison. Uh, it just nothing has any character anymore. And that's what we were just talking last night about that, about how uh, that was my favorite, favorite era. If I could go back to besides the medical field and, uh, and uh, the, the races Wait, and still You're fucking... talking about um, what fucking era specifically the sixties besides, as I was saying, the racism and where medical 
whatever coverage or, you know, the industry was at that point, obviously we made leaps and bounds from then till now, but besides medical and racism, I think the sixties were the coolest time, coolest music, coolest cars, just, you know, I'm sure the food tasted great back then. And I don't know. You're talking about that era, that, that nostalgia. I don't know. I was just, that's what I was trying to say though. Like, uh, I just feel like we're at that, that point where, we're at that point where it's like nothing's new anymore, nothing's fresh, nothing's fucking gonna change. What, what do you like? What do you, what do you miss the most when you're younger? When's the last uh, time you had that fucking feeling where you're like, damn, like this is like organic, it's new. I don't know. Maybe I, I just the music that used to be popular when we were younger. Uh, you know, we got into new metal, I guess, back in the day, and. Obviously, this shit's dead and gone. I mean, they're still touring, but it's not as popular as it was back in the early 2000s. So uh, that's been kind of a wake-up call for us. Uh, we started seeing that in high school, you know, and that whole emo stage came into effect. And we were still, you know, listening to Godsmack, Olymp Biscuit, and stuff, and all these other kids, like two or three uh, fucking grades below us were listening to Fallout Boy and my chemical romance and all that shit. And it's only gotten weirder since then. And it seems like R&B and hip hop is the most popular these days. And, you know, some of it's okay. Call, no, fuck that shit. I wouldn't even call it R&B anymore. It's like, it's like, you know, you got like, uh, what is that? Like, I don't even recognize this music anymore. It's like a different kind of style. Everyone's in a weird shit. Like, dude, for example, remember the other day you're watching TV? And you're like, damn, everyone loves bright colors nowadays and shit. You know, all the neon looking oh, merchandise yeah, yeah. and shit. Uh, well, what, turned off by the colors. <laughs> you know, I'm a drab guy. I'm usually in uh, black, white, dark green, something like that. But uh, what what genre of music would you say, say like the, the weekend would be? Is he like pop or is he hip hop? What the fuck is the weekend? Oh, he's fucking he's fucking pop. He's fucking I feel pop. like. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't mind the guy. I don't mind some of his shit, but I mean, he's pop. He's not like, he's not here to save new metal or nothing, you know? No, that's my point is, yeah, some of his stuff's not bad. I don't mind it either. If I hear it like playing at the jukebox, if I'm at a bar, but it's just not, I'm not going to play it in my car. It's just not my thing. But that genre of whatever pop kind of shit seems to be the most popular. So yeah. What, what was, what would be your answer that? What the, what was your question? Uh, the last well, time you me, saw something fresh? Uh, last time I saw something fresh. Let me think. All right, you got an answer? Right, so, what was the question again? I forgot already. <laughs> Jesus, it's your question. So when was the last time you remember something of your childhood that you thought was, I don't know, fresh or new, I think was what your question was? Um. Yeah, I, I really don't fucking know. I, I mean, I honestly don't know. I, I, uh, I, for me, I don't know. I feel like every time, like, I get a new job, it's, it's something new, but even that gets stale fast. Like, you know, you start out at work and you're like the, like the new kid on the block and everyone doesn't know much about you and shit, right? Doesn't that, isn't that kind of sad? That's where we're at in life now. Like, you just want to be like that that new person again that no one knows. Uh, Roki taught me that years ago. Whenever I call him up, uh, 
nervous or, you know, anxious about a new job I was starting, you know, you always told me like, Hey, you're the new guy, man. Just relish in that shit. Cause nobody's going to expect you to do anything because you don't know anything. Oh like yeah. That. It always happens, but it always happens like that at work. I mean, that's the fucking pattern, man. You start off, you're fresh, you're new. No one knows who you are. And you start off, you, you like, isn't it weird how that always happens too? Like you meet a friend or at least someone you think is a friend, you think they're cool. And then they fucking end up like turning on you like six months <laughs> later. Like they're complete fucking scumbags. Like, oh my God, you don't know this stuff yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's if you get lucky enough to uh, think you're friends with somebody. Well, I mean, yeah, but here, here, hold on. Let's talk about nostalgia. We're going to bring in our <clears throat> guest right now. So here we go. Is, is our guest on the line? Hello? Yeah, am I live on the air? Is this Brokey and the Mummy? What's going, what's going, what's going on, on, Voter? What's going on, Voter? Hey. It's my buddy, Voter. Oh. Hey, it's great to uh, talk to you guys, man. I've been listening to the podcast. Great fan of the show. It's been amazing. I'm I'm hoping for much more success, man. It's been really good. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about what uh this is the guy I was just talking about, everyone. So me and this guy, we share so much and uh you know, we're we're taking a drive down memory lane the other day and the, the topic we're talking about right now is nostalgia. And he was giving me like this this idea, like, you know, when's the last time you seen something new or fresh? You wanna go ahead and talk about that right now, voter? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, there's a theory. I, I don't know how true it is. I, I'm not 100% why I heard it, but there's a theory where you get to a certain age in your life where the things that you see are no longer new to you. Just because you've experienced so much life, it becomes a blur. Like the things that you remember, for example, like a neighborhood, I, I drive down a neighborhood and I don't really pay attention to like, oh, look at that pink house. Look at that blue house. Most colors like that, I don't really pay attention to. I just see the neighborhood for what it is as just like a stack of houses. So the idea behind that is even when it comes to relationships or, or anything, it's nothing really new. It's just, a, it's a new experience with a new person maybe, but for the most part, you're just experiencing things never really for the first time because it's not new anymore. So nostalgia is what kind of keeps you going when you look back at things and you're thinking about, Oh, you know what? I remember when I did this, like that was the first time and you get so excited thinking about it because that was probably like the first or second time you've ever done it. Now it's not as exciting. It's just like, well, I've, I've drinking a beer at the bar like a thousand times at this point. Like, you know, it's not exciting anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's no, a good point. So, So, yeah, I don't know, man. I was just thinking about that the other day. Like, nostalgia is what keeps me going, what keeps, like, my friendships going. No matter how, um, you know, you do new things together, that's always fun. But it's just the nostalgia always kind of gets you for some oddball reason. Do you think, though, that, okay, let me ask you this, though. You think, like, so do you think it's been like that the whole time? Like, when we're younger and things are fresh and you look at something, you're like, oh, that's so cool, like, is it really cool or is it just in our mind though at that moment? And it's, it's, oh, like, dude, it's, it's always the same. It's the mindset, man. It's like the idea of it being fresh in your head. I mean, for example, sex for the first time, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but it wasn't the best performance. It was not the <laughs> most exciting performance. 
Um, <laughs> you know, but it's memorable because of the above reasons I just gave you. Any other time after that, it's it's new because it's okay, like a different person. But the actual physical experience that one first time was more memorable physically. Whereas every time after that, you might remember it for a certain person, but you outside of that, the physical experience after a while, it blends together and it becomes like the same fucking thing over and over again. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't agree more, man. Like Roki said, you know, it's so true. Every every pussy and every mouth feels the same after you've had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, when we say every mouth, like you know, he's he's referring to, I mean, obviously women. I hope, but that's why I led with yeah. pussy first. That was uh, yeah, that was uh, supposed to be an assumption. <laughs> oh, of course, you know, and that's that's for all three of us. But for any listeners out there, hey man, no shame in the game, man. Like, yeah. you could yeah. send for some dick too. That's all good. Yeah, do your thing, man. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you know, look, I I don't know where we go wrong. Like, I I really don't. Like, I feel like nowadays. I, I really do feel like everything's the same, but like, can we reach a level to where we're just like, wow, it's fresh again. Like something we haven't done yet. What's one thing on the bucket list we all haven't done? Like, is there something out there that is going to be fresh for us? Um, yeah. I mean, I think when, once you, um, yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough question to answer. Right. Cause it's different for everybody. Like, what is that one thing that maybe you're always aspiring to, but even when you get there, like, let's just say like you're, you shoot for a dream job or you shoot for, I don't know, to get X amount of money in your bank account. That's like, when you get to that, like, all right, I feel good. That's my F you money. Like I feel great. Even when you get there, you're there. And then what, what's next? Okay. Yeah, that's true. You just move on to the next thing. But I think part of where a lot of people misunderstand like the value of the journey is that is you have fun within the journey. You take a break and a breather within it to, you know, have a breather with your friends, talk about it and get some nostalgia while you're, while you're in that moment, while you're like getting to that moment, but you can't lose sight of how important that journey is to your goals. Cause once you get to that goal, you're just going to want a new one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I I don't disagree with that one bit. Uh, that's kind of funny you say that. So, like, I know this guy, uh, you know, he was dying. He couldn't wait to get married. Like, that was all, that was like his, his apex in life right there. Like, I got to get married as soon as I can. And then once he got married, like, that wasn't it. That wasn't good enough. Now he's like, I got to have this kid. And he finally got to have his kid. And I'm so happy for this dude. But it's like. Now he's getting tired. Like now he's out like simping for something else. I'm like, do you not see that? Like the problem here is not you reaching those goals. The problem is like, there's an issue internally that you need to solve. Like you're obviously not happy with certain things. And this guy, this particular individual, like, I just, I feel bad because like, I don't think he's ever going to find that, uh, that, that true happiness in life, you know, from the simple things. This buddy or friend of yours, this guy, you know, how long have you known this person? I mean, I know this dude a long time. Would uh, you say for know, the time that you've years. known him, yeah, about 20 years, I'm for sorry. the time that you've known him, have you noticed like 
is this something that he's done before? Like, I mean, obviously kid for the first time, married for the first time, but just like the track record of him, like, you know, going for one girl and then, oh man, now, you know, I want to go for another one. Cause then I'm simping over that. Like that part of it, has that been part of his track record? Yeah. I don't think he learns from his mistake. I mean, like we were just talking about this before you called in, like, you have to learn from your past. I think that's the yeah. biggest problem. Like some people don't like to learn yeah. from their mistakes and he's, uh, he's definitely one of those guys. Yeah. And I think that's where the, like the, the idea of things not being new to you, part of it is your own doing is you're just stuck in that mindset of, well, even if it is new and it is fresh, I'm still repeating those same mistakes Cause I'm so nostalgic for that golden moment I had 20 years ago or whenever you f- fucking first started doing stuff like that. And you just always repeat yourself because that's what you're used to. You get to a certain point in your life when if you're not 20, like by the time you're like 20, 21, you got to figure like the, the gist of who you are is like there, like 80% of who you are is there. The last 20% is you kind of evolving into something a little bit further but like the core of who you are will remain. And at that point, it's up to you to either you evolve or you don't, you evolve with the situation. You choose to, you know, learn from your mistakes or you choose to not evolve at all and just continue to do the same things you've been doing because that's all you really want to do. And that's all you really know. Yeah. Amen to that. I mean, you got to, at some point you just, you're right. You have to hit that, that point where you butterfly out of the cocoon, right? You have to, you have to like, yeah. you have to just like, you have to merge into the next stage in life. Or as one of the, one of our buddies, we know the next fucking level. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, a, that's, no, we're just, we know this guy, he has like this Mickey mouse pitch voice, but uh, no, it's, you know, you have to break out of those norms. Uh, Hey, by the way, what's the score on the game right now? Sorry, listeners, we're hardcore Tribe fans. And, uh, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland just scored a touchdown. It's seven uh, zero. There, there we go. That's all I need to know. <laughs> I got to ask the mummy a question in reference to this topic. Is, is there yeah. anyone that you've known in your life that's similar to this, where they want to continue to relive those golden moments, but they never choose to evolve and learn from their mistakes? Uh, I can't really think off the top of my head. I mean, you know, our buddy in Tennessee is going to get married in a couple of weeks. We're going out there. He's, he's evolved. I, I feel like I definitely have, I don't know when it was, but it was, you know, to use that old metaphor, it's like taking that red pill and it's like having your eyes wide open and you can kind of see all the red flags and you see where the landmines are not to step on them anymore. So I feel like I've evolved. Uh, my buddy has. Roki definitely has. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really have anybody that's like stuck in the past because I don't know. You 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 hang around with that person too long, and they start dragging you down in the past, and I don't like that shit, man. Was there a golden moment for you where you where you realized like that's like my aha moment? Like I realized like this is where I need to change. This is what happened. It was probably that that breakup I talked about in the cast after six and a half years. That was the wake up call of just like, you got to get your shit in line, man. Like you can't put all your efforts into one person. You got to love yourself before anybody else. 
and you know focus on you fuck everybody else and that's what really put shit in line for me and started kind of giving me the kick in the ass so it sucked going through it but man i'm great i'm glad as hell it happened that's the great thing about it like you said like you actually took the initiative to do it now it's easier said than done but you actually went through it you knew there was no other choice than to get better from it and you did and that's the key that I think a lot of people don't take away from any kind of nostalgic situation or reliving the past and they continue to relive it in their current moment is because they're so stuck with like, well, I'm used to it. Well, you know, this is what I know. And, you know, I choose not to get out of that habit. And that's why, and it's not just relationships. That's why people get stuck in those dead end jobs for years at a time for that same reason. Yeah, exactly. I've never been afraid to cut bait and, and fucking leave a job ASAP. Rookie knows that shit. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, you need to grow. What about you, man? Did you do you remember your wake up call? Oh man, I feel like I've been, I've had multiple like throughout the years. If it's not one, it's another. I mean, one would be you know obviously going through a tough breakup. I remember going through one in my earlier twenties. I know. Um, I know um, Roki was there for that one. Uh, he's been there for all of them, in fact. Like, you know, you go, you go through some tough times, but you know what? When you know you have good people around you and that are there for you in those tough times, that's that's what matters most. Oh, for sure. And when they're there for you, you learn different things about yourself. First, you, you realize you're not alone. So let's not act like I'm the only one going through this. Other people go through this. The most handsome, most beautiful people get cheated on, they get broken up by, they get divorced, you know, all that shit happens to any of us. Uh, But once you realize that there's light at the end of your tunnel and what you're going to do to get better, I almost encourage people to get heartbroken, like go out there and get heartbroken. And it's not just with relationships. It's also like with jobs. Like if let's just say, you know, your dream job is sitting there, what's stopping you from getting it? Go, go out there and do it. And if you can't do it, then okay, get your heart broken, readjust yourself and figure out what you need to do to become better at that trait or to just be a better person. And just going through heartbreak. Heartbreak is like the best thing that I've ever been through to just be better. And I think it's something that a lot of other people should just embrace and learn from it. I agree. Uh, pertaining to the job factor of this, yeah. I also, you know, if you have a dream job and you think you're going to love something, I also agree with you that you should just try your hardest to go out there and do it. Because if you succeed and get that job you want, you may find out you actually hate it. So all that time that, you know, you sat thinking, oh, I wish I had this. You're just wasting all that time and energy into something that you found out you didn't like anyway. So, you know, what, what I'm sorry, I don't want to chime in on this, but oh, before you called in, voter, before right before you called in, we we just transitioned to have this story about this guy. He reconnected with an ex who used to uh, do a, adult dancing, <laughs> adult dancing for a living, and uh, I guess oh, like he ba- ballet and shit. No, no stripper. We're talking- <laughs> 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 Anyways, oh, all right. So, they went out to Stockton. They had like this like little uh, rendezvous and stuff for a couple of days. And then like she gets on the phone with her mom while they're at like CVS or something shopping for this 
guy's medicine because he got diarrhea or something. And uh, I had heart, I had heartburn. You son of a bitch. Okay, well it was heartburn anyway. So she's on the phone with her mom, and this lady, this chick's like, "Oh, I gotta go, mom. I'm I'm out with my boyfriend right now." He didn't tell her they were committed. He didn't tell her they were in some kind of relationship. She just automatically assumed that. Now is that screwed up or what? That's interesting, man. I gotta ask uh, the mummy on this. Were you? I know you had seen her before, right? Like you had kind of like messed around with her before. We had dated years ago when I was like seventeen, eighteen, and now this is when I was about twenty-nine, maybe thirty. Or no, that was uh, no, like twenty-seven. I would say. So I mean, this is shit. Almost fifteen years later, and yeah, we reconnected. I had spent three or four days with her in Stockton, as Rookie said, and she just drops that. Oh, I'm out with my boyfriend. And I was just shocked as fuck. Like, we never made this official. Where the hell did that come from? We had already slept together the first couple of days, but I don't know if she assumed because we hooked up, we're just an item now. But yeah, it was insane. I think that might play a role into it. There's always, no matter how hard uh, somebody acts like when you're hooking up with someone, like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to catch feelings. Guys, for the most part, we really won't because we could, we could be physically attracted to something but not be emotionally attached whatsoever. Women, it's harder. But I had the same situation, or at least similar, where I was hooking up with this chick, and it was such a weird moment, but not to take up too much time. It was our first date. We went out, had dinner. Things were all right, not bad, but we went afterward to the park. I was young. You know, I didn't have money. Like, let's go to a hotel. We are both mutually cool with it. Let's just hang out at the park and let's see what happens. Uh-huh. We mess around. We do our thing. Lo and behold, we see the blue and red flashing lights behind my car i'm tripping out i'm just like mind you in that moment i had already heard the cop the police officer walk out of his car towards me and i had like half a second to like throw my junk back in and adjust to look halfway presentable and i did (laughs) knocks on the window and he's just like you know i lower the window and he's like uh yeah what seems to be the the problem guys looks like it's pretty foggy here you guys getting high i'm like oh no (laughs) hey man you're looking kind of weird like you need to come st- step outside and talk to me. I was like, oh, all right, sure. Like, not, nothing oh, yeah. of it. And I'm talking to him about the situation, about, yeah, I'm just, you know, this girl is just, we're hanging out. That's all we're doing. And I just hear a girl I'm with yelling at the other cop because it's two cops. The other cop pulls her aside and she's like, yes, I want to be here. I'm not being held against my will. He's my boyfriend. I'm like, oh, wow, Jesus. okay. Like you didn't have to go to that to that much detail, but thank you. I guess that's <laughs> how you felt. So, in reference to what you're saying, although in that moment maybe it was a situation where she was just trying to, you know, lower the tension and to just like make the cop feel more comfortable about our relationship or something. Right. I know for a fact afterward that's what she wanted, so it wasn't just a one-time only thing for her, and. I can relate to what you're saying that, yeah, you know, sometimes girls view things completely different and it's just the mindset is just completely different. Uh, The key thing for me in relationships though, it's always communication. And if they feel a certain way, fine, but you got to tell me that, I mean, just to assume that that's the way you feel and that's the way it is. And I'm just supposed to hop on board with that. That's what I'm not cool with. So I just wish there was more communication, but yeah, I definitely agree. Women are definitely more, easily emotionally attached to uh, someone they're, they're intimate with than men. Yeah, for sure. And mind you, that's not even a bad thing. I don't even think that's a bad thing. I think no. it's just the way that they are. And it's like, 
And women, like what you said about communication is 100% key. The moment men and women realize that how different we are actually matters. And the fact that women, like I can't be with a woman thinking like, oh, she's going to think like I think. Like she wants to watch the game with me. She wants, no, she fucking doesn't. Like she doesn't think like me. Same thing, like a woman. A woman shouldn't assume that, like maybe in our scenario, like don't assume that he is your boyfriend. If you have not had that conversation in your mind, you might be at that point and there's nothing wrong with that. But communication is key to understand that that person's different. They're thinking differently. And I need to have a conversation to see where they're at. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, so well, how come they, how come in the movies, they always make it seem like, you know, this is what it is. And it's, it's a happy, jolly, you know, story. <laughs> it's a movie, dude. Like it's, it's like, I think Kobe Bryant said it best. Like, what is a happy ending? Like in a movie or in, in like uh, a story, it's like, you know, you might see Snow White and the Seven Dwarves or whatever, and the prince comes and kisses her, and you know she wakes up and she's happy. You know, they're they're still alive. They get married and they live happily ever after. But there's no follow up sequel <laughs> to that movie where yeah. like the prince is sleeping on the couch like a week later. You know. <laughs> yeah they don't check in uh, a week later a month later a year later yeah yeah so i think like the idea of a happy ending it's like well it's when you choose to end your story because i think my life is longer than a two-hour movie so there's gonna be more bad endings than happy there's gonna be a little bit of both so you think you think it's safe to say that like the honeymoon phase is the apex of the career and then the rest is just like coping with sorrows and potential like bad sequels to this movie or what well the honeymoon stage in a relationship in particular is that kind of what you're saying or like in, in just in general yeah you know you first meet someone it's fresh you guys can talk about anything everything's always hysterically funny you know and then you tell them yeah. the same jokes like five Everything's oh, always yeah. great in the beginning, man. It's uh, what's the equation? It's time minus distance equals hate. I mean, the longer you're with someone and the closer you are with them in distance, you know, you start living together. Eventually, yeah, that's just gonna wear off real fast. So yeah, yeah. Eventually, there's some form of almost contempt for you if they're like they're always living, breathing like your air. And you know what <laughs> it is too when it comes to the. Um, like that honeymoon stage it's just you're you're thinking these things about this person that aren't entirely true you're filling in the blanks so you know like they tell you all these great stories about themselves because it's a representative moment like you want to represent yourself well at the beginning they do as well so you're learning the best about them and the things you don't know about them in that honeymoon stage you're filling in the blanks whether you want to admit it or not like because you haven't asked like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, she, she's, uh, you know, she used to be in school for cosmetology. Like, she's smart, though. Like, she's, going, she's getting her life together. Like, she's going back to school now. Like, you're filling in the blanks. And even though you're probably doing it with the best of intentions, you're not realizing, like, well, what was the real story? Like, well, you know, she had, you know, no sense of direction. Uh, she was homie hopping at the time. And that's why she ended up quitting school because she was with her ex-boyfriend. That's an asshole, you know, like 
there's stories within the story that you're not getting. So you're filling in the blanks yeah. in that honeymoon stage with like a person that just doesn't exist. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Cause over time you're starting to slowly chip away at who this person really is at their core and not who they presented themselves at the first few dates or the first few months. Like, you know, like you said, it's kind of like you're on a job interview. You're trying to put your best foot forward and yeah. like Roki said, you're laughing at everything. Everything's funny. Everything's great. But then, yeah, slowly over time, shit stopped being funny. And you start, oh, okay, she actually does things this way or he does things that way, whatever. And, yeah, you start really getting to know who the person is. And a lot of times you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And then you got to think, too, it's like you have a small sample size. It's like, you know, two to, two to three months is not enough to know who they really are. You got to, like, really give yourself some time to see who they are and and not just ask the stupid questions like, I, you know this is probably guys do this a lot too like what the fuck are we doing like we do the, sometimes we'll do dumb shit i'm not saying us in particular we've evolved i would say but i think even myself i could say i was at that stage where i asked dumb questions like what's your favorite color what's your dream car where do you want to live like do ask open-ended questions that add value to your life to their life and to your relationship not just dumb questions that are superficial like you got to get to know that person for who they really are in like intense situations like people should be asking like all right there's a dude at the door and he's like breaking in where, where are you going to be at? are you going to be right behind me or are you going to be like in the closet oh i'll be in the closet all right now i know that's not the person for me <laughs> <laughs> I want someone to help me stab this mofo coming to the door or something. Show that you have some version of yourself in your head that like you're gonna come through for your guy and like help. You know that's always a plus when you get to ask those kinds of questions. Yeah, I agree. You want someone with with values and substance and character, and yeah, you should definitely be asking questions to find out if they have any of those. And, you know, I laugh not at you, but with you that, yeah, I've, you know, in the past asked those same dumbass questions, you know, Oh, you like working at a dog grooming place. That's fun. Like, you know, kind of shit. You know, it's like, nah, dude, let's, let's get down to the nitty gritty. If we're going to really fucking do this. If you could go, if you could both go, this is a question for both of you. You guys could go back knowing what you know. Now, this is always a going question for, for people. If you could go back in time, knowing what you know now, and this could be a two-part question for relationships and for just jobs, maybe, we'll say. What would you have done differently knowing now to get a better outcome? You want to go first, well, Rook? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I already know the answer to this one. If I, if I can go back now, I, I probably would never have gotten married. That took up... Uh, four plus years of my life and I wouldn't have been in the last relationship I was in. That took five. So I lost in total. If you add both those up, I lost 10 years of my life, almost a decade over some bullshit. I would have taken that back and utilized that, you know, whether it's educating myself and striving for better goals in life, starting an investment account, doing something that would really benefit me because in 10 years, in the business world, you can make a lot of progress and results with that. That's what the hell I would have done. <laughs> That's big time, man. Do you ever think to yourself, I know it's kind of a weird question to ask, but have you ever thought to yourself, like, man, like the relationships I've been in and out of, 
like damn the money i could have saved yeah you thought about that mm-hmm. oh yeah add, hey it's a sad but true story <laughs> add it up if you can go back and calculate like a lot because we've all look let's all be honest with ourselves here we've all bought our ex a gift of value that was out of our yeah. range but we just mm-hmm. wanted to make them happy i'm yeah. sure if you <laughs> add up every little gift you've mm-hmm. ever bought you'd be in the at least the high thousands range you could have bought a vehicle with that or something 100 percent, for sure definitely how uh, about you mommy similarly uh to roki's answer I, I i've never been married never will but uh i just i put too much time and effort from a young age i mean freshman year of high school until i was 25 uh just focusing on just women just getting laid relationships you know, who I was going to date next, all that shit. And my grades were shit. So I didn't care about college and I didn't really put enough time into my future. And yeah, if I knew what I knew now, I could go back. I would say, fuck the women, man. They'll come and go. It'll happen. You know, I don't need to put so much time and effort into that shit. I need to focus more on my future for myself, what I really want to do, what really makes me happy. Because at the end of the day, the women didn't. I mean, they're fun. And I had some great times. I've been in love, but you know, it's it just doesn't last. I want something that lasts, and I would put more time and effort into finding that than than what I did. So, what what would your answer be? Well, first of all, I hundred percent agree with both your answers, and I think my echoes the same because it's almost like a two part answer to a two part question in one answer is that avoiding the chase, like that, just the chase and the time it takes to chase after women. Like, why, you know? And I think similar to what you're saying is at a young age, you always thought about like, well, you know, I want to go out there. I want to go get laid. And then after that, well, then who's next, you know, Mm -hmm. and which is great. But the problem with that, at least for myself, was I spent a lot of time, a lot of resources. Time is money, regardless of how you look at it. It just is. So there you go. And then there's time that I've missed out similar to what you guys were both saying is in investment opportunities and school opportunities and things that just set me back. And I feel I'm good now, but it was at a point where I just was so focused on just women that it, it just restricted things a lot more in my life and nothing against it. And I'll never regret, you know, falling in love. Cause like I said earlier, you learn a lot from it, yeah. but the part that I would have I would have just listened to what my uncle told me. He just told me one time and I should have, I took heed to it later in life. But what he told me was life changing. He said, you will lose a lot of money chasing after women, but you will never lose women chasing after money. Yeah. Very true. That's very eye opening. And then now at this point, it's like you learn from it, but yeah, the chase, the time, all that, that's something I totally would have done differently as well. Yeah, I wish I, I would have had Roki's words of wisdom, you know, 15 years ago. Just uh, don't play the game, man. Just don't even play the game. <laughs> yeah, well, once you know that, it's it's it's, it's eye opening, right? At the time, you don't realize the game is is the game you're living. But once you learn that you're a part of a game, you're like, all right, I think I got the cheat codes now. Just knowing that there's a game that you don't need to play, that is the cheat code within itself. Right. Yeah, definitely. Why would someone do that to themselves though? Like, do you think that like we're, we're taught that, do you think we're taught those behaviors by society or is that like just something we pick up on? 
Man, if there needs to be a class about like, you know, you see this all the time in liberal studies, like, you know, is, is gender something that's learned in society? Absolutely. Well, on the flip side, like the whole idea of let's go back to the money we spend in a relationship as men, whether we're, and for lack of better phrases, whether you're in the blue pill stage or the red pill stage or any stage in between, more than likely, there's been a point where you still felt pressured to like, all right, well, you know, I got to buy dinner. All right. You know, it's just kind of like, it's so ingrained, even when you know, and like, I know this happened to me a few times where it's, you know, first day, you know, I just pay for dinner without thinking about it. I was like, what the fuck? I knew going into this, I was going to go have these. Like I had to figure it figured out. Now I'm here. What I do wrong? You know, it's so yeah. ingrained in us to be a certain kind of way regardless. And yeah, it is hard to break out of some of those you know, golden fairy tale two hour movie habits that they push on us. You know, it is hard sometimes. Um, part of it too is like past generations. Past generations, it made so much sense. Past generations, men were, you know, they were working hard to, to build a wife straight out of high school, to ma- marry their high school sweetheart. You know, she's a virgin, he's a virgin, all that good stuff. Maybe he's not, but more than likely she is. And you build this awesome, you know, future together. Now, does it always end up that way? No, but that was a traditional setting. Well, it's weird because now we're in this minus where a lot of women want a traditional guy that makes a lot of money and can take care of them, but they're not traditional women. So where am I at? So that's when you become so mind fucked in the whole situation, you try to live an old school lifestyle in a new school world that's totally different. The game is so different as, as Roki says, the, the game is just not worth playing because it's just such a different playing field now. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's never going to probably go back, though. I hate to say it that way um, because we're t- – well, no, I – it might. I heard some guy one time say that the pendulum swings and it always goes back. So it might. It might come back in a different form or fashion, but uh, – I guess we'll leave that as a question for now. The, the question is when? Ween. <laughs> yeah, soon enough. Uh, well. Yeah, I mean. I, I think uh, at this point. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I I hope it's sooner than later, whatever whatever the case may be. But Yeah, all I was going to say was pretty much that was, like that pendulum, I really hope it swings closer. And, you know, we always search for some version of of equality. It's it's always going to be different to each person, to each gender, whatever the hell, like what that means to you. But let's just call it what it is. We're all different. We all have different expectations, but that's not overdue shit either. I don't know. That's a good, no. that's a good point. So, uh, Want to thank Voter for calling in. You got anything else you want to say before you log off here? So we're about to wrap it up here in just a second. No, I just want to thank you guys for having me on, man. I really appreciate the show and the things you guys are doing, the things you guys are talking about, man. It's fun, funny, good stuff, things that everyone needs to learn and talk about. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, guys. I appreciate the conversation. Thanks, man. Much appreciate it. Hey, nice nice meeting you, man. Same as well. well. One more thing I want to say before you go, and uh, let's go try and fuck the Dodgers. All right. (laughs)
<laughs> Go tribe. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for calling in. So, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. But uh, for all the folks out there listening, I just want to say thank you. Mommy uh, finished this story from last week. I didn't get to my book. I don't, don't think I forgot about that. Uh, that book's coming out pretty soon. And, I still uh, want the first copy, motherfucker. Well, no, you, you'll get that copy. But <laughs> <laughs> on top of that, uh, coming out, we got a new series. Look out for it on YouTube. Roki versus the Universe. Just remember that. We got more awesome guests coming to the show. And uh, last announcement, and I'll leave it over to the mummy to end us tonight. Um, yeah, I hope everyone has a phenomenal week. You know, we keep getting these shows out later and later. Sometimes it's on Friday. Sometimes it's on Monday. Sometimes <laughs> it's on Tuesday, but we'll get it done. Oh, by the way, to all my Jewish listeners out there, Shana Tova, have a good new year. We're in the year 5,783. This guy's looking at me like I'm weird right now, but <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you and, do your uh, thing. Have a good fast on Yom Kippur. Anyways, let's wrap this show up. Go ahead, Bob. Take us home. All right. I want to say thanks to the listeners out there sticking with us. Uh, I know we're two weeks late now on this one, but fuck it. We'll get content out there when we get it out there. And, uh, yeah, appreciate all the love and support, guys. We will see you next time. Hopefully next week, but you never fucking know. It will now hold on. They'll see us before then. Don't worry. You want to reiterate that? Uh, maybe I have to now. Uh, we'll see you next week. There you go. Go fucking hopefully. Have a good day, guys. Talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening, everyone. Like what you just heard? Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at On The Download Podcast. Get in touch with us at OnTheDownloadCast at gmail.com. And be sure to download our episodes weekly on Spotify and iTunes.